0: Legend has it that it was written by the Dark Ones, Necronomicon Ex Mortis, roughly translated Book of the Dead.
1: The book served as a passageway
0: to the evil worlds beyond. It was written long ago, when the seas ran red with blood. This blood that was used to ink the book. In the year 1300 AD, the book disappeared. of the podcast. Hey, remember the yachts? And I'm Courtney.
1: I'm Tom.
0: And here on this podcast, we talk about everything from the 2000s, from Circuit City to Radio Shack. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's been a
1: day I forgot <laughs> what to say that's
0: okay um
1: I'm leaving it in mm-hmm.
0: yeah I think yeah it's
1: fine well what are the odds but what a good nostalgic memory of good times and some of my favorite memories are around this time of year Halloween this is the week this is when this comes out will be the conclusion of this series and what a great conclusion this will be And shivers down your spine what a great concept i gave this to courtney you you're the one that came up with this idea i didn't even think Thank about you. it and i was like what an amazing idea
0: yeah i was just thinking based off of the other uh episodes that we decided to cover i was like okay so we've got the demon girl yes movies down and Check. the
1: werewolf yeah
0: yeah and the werewolf um, we've got Freddy versus Jason. That
1: the slasher's done.
0: Slasher's done. Monster movie.
1: Monster movie.
0: Done. And then I was like, well, these are all movies. What haven't, like, what's something different that we can do that is equally as spooky in Halloween, mm-hmm. but isn't a movie? And then I was like, oh, we can do a musical. The
1: musical.
0: Yeah. So, Tom, what is the theme of today's episode
1: today's episode is on the 2003 well depending on when you saw it evil dead musical listen to us now an exciting topic and a relevant one for me I saw it when it came (laughs) off Broadway in New York in 2007
0: that's why I thought it'd be really interesting to do this because you actually got to see it
1: yeah I got to see it with the original Toronto crew in New York
0: um I don't know if I mentioned this when I watched it I don't know if I texted you this or if I just told my roommate there is a dog first of all there is a dog barking in the background so i'm so sorry no, if that all comes good. up at all
1: my real question is whose dog is this upset <laughs>
0: um so when i watched the musical on youtube mm-hmm. the, i was trying to figure out who the guy who plays ash reminds me of and then i realized it he looks like a real life version of abe from clone high
1: yes you know once you said it i couldn't get it out of my mind
0: yep that, yeah i was just like oh my god he could definitely play abe if they did a live action clone high
1: that actor's name is ryan ward and he's gonna mm-hmm. be an integral part of our story on today's mm-hmm. topic but yeah once you mention that and then my sister sending me memes of clone high because yeah. an mtv show from the '80s that was canceled after one season that had a yep. small cult following is all of a sudden all over tiktok and the zoomers love it
0: i know it's so strange i don't if you asked me as a teenager if you asked us as a teenager like what thing from our teen years would come back and be the thing that new generations are interested in i would have never guessed clone high
1: and not only that but specifically jfk
0: specifically jfk <laughs> specifically him I've seen a couple of jokes about the robot, who I love. Yeah. But that's about it. Mostly JFK. You know
1: what's funny is I didn't watch it when it was on. And I knew everyone was... I knew you were a fan. I knew a lot of our friends were fans. But I just... I guess because of the time and the availability, I wasn't able to catch it. But as an adult, I'm catching it now. Well, we
0: were also... Sorry, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, there's one joke that sticks in my mind. I absolutely can't avoid it. It's the funniest dark joke in the show i don't know if it is but like it's the one where abe and jfk have a race
0: oh yeah and oh yeah Yeah jfk yeah.
1: is confidently driving his roof down car and says yeah. oh nothing bad ever happens to a kennedy in a car and i'm like wow that's that's amazing
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show that's not my favorite joke but i i do i really love that show um I'm, I'm actually, I'm totally fine with the fact that, like, it's come back around. I just couldn't believe it. Um, but, yeah, so Ryan Ward looks a lot like a real-life Abe Lincoln. Oh, Not yeah. Abe Lincoln as in the president. I just mean the teen clone.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think okay. the best way to talk about this musical is to give a quick rundown of the Evil Dead franchise as a whole in a short mm-hmm. little blurb as simple but to the point as possible. The Evil Dead is a film made in 1981 by Sam Raimi, who would go on to make such classics as Spider-Man.
0: Spider-Man 3.
1: Spider-Man 3. He, I mean, great filmmaker. I love him. I also really like the movie um, Drag Me to Hell, which is kind of like a spiritual successor to The Evil Dead.
0: Do you know, my dad actually really liked that movie. Really? Yeah, I have no idea why, because he was equally afraid of horror movies as I was, but he liked Drag Me to Hell.
1: I think because there's, like, goofy comedic elements to it, which is a staple of, like, not only Sam Raimi, but what the musical's gonna kind of take from it.
0: Yeah, I guess also we both really like Alison Lohman for different reasons. Fair. Yeah.
1: So The Evil Dead was a film in 1981 which started when Sam Raimi and a bunch of his dumb college friends wanted to make films, and a pitch project they made was called Within the Woods. Also, Bruce Campbell was here. We can never forget Bruce Campbell. I apologize for not putting him up front.
0: Can I Can I say something about Bruce Campbell? Sure. He was only 23 when he made this movie. Yeah,
1: they were all little he babies. Was,
0: he was a cutie pie. <laughs> I didn't realize how young he was when he made the first one, and I was like, "Oh." Oh, look at that chin. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead.
1: So, Within the Woods was a short film project they used to pitch the producers to make a potential larger feature film. Within the Woods kind of carries a staple prototype of what would be Evil Dead, with um obviously a cabin in the woods mm-hmm. with Bruce Campbell and lots and lots of gore. Yes. With that, they were able to solidify $90,000 to produce The Evil Dead which the principal photography would take place on a location in a cabin located in Morristown, Tennessee. And this filming process was a challenging one to say the least. It took several years to actually complete. Uh, They would film on freezing cold nights with just like a lot. You can watch the movie and see like the bruises and beat up dirt on these actors and think that Mm. most of it was probably from shooting.
0: But I can appreciate that, though. I can appreciate actors who can get tossed up for a role.
1: Yeah, but um, it's just this amazing example of triumph through just sheer mm-hmm. passion and love for filmmaking because the film would eventually get complete, released in 1981, and became like a cult hit.
0: And we talked about this in Freddy vs. Jason, but the trope of a horror movie, I feel like, when we talked about how, like, Evil Dead is sort of the, like, cult underground establishment of those tropes. Yeah. And whereas by the time that the Evil Dead musical comes out, it's just on full display for everyone to talk about.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so many elements here that just carry over into hard not, not only through the 80s, but to, to today. How many people cite the Evil Dead as, like, an inspiration? I mean, I... Even just... The, like, I'm... I had a boss who is not a horror fan, but as someone who loves cinema and filmmaking, cites Evil Dead as being truly inspirational for just the fact that a group of college dickheads took a little bit of money and made a film that just, despite all odds, despite what like the standard of cinema or criticism was at the time, prevailed and is still like notable to this day.
0: That's the thing. I was thinking about how like, by the time that you... And like a few of our other friends tried to get me into the Evil Dead movies because we started with Evil Dead. No, I think we actually started with Army of Darkness. Yeah, figure that out. And then I watched Evil Dead 2 with you.
1: Yes, Army of Darkness because the series goes from a B-movie horror film where the comedy is not intentional. Right. To Evil Dead 2 where the comedy is intentional.
0: Right, and I so appreciate that.
1: The horror is still there. But, I mean, we have Bruce Campbell dancing with a deer head and the lampshade. It's one of my favorite scenes ever. Yeah. To Army of Darkness, which is just a action comedy.
0: Right. And when I had watched those movies, like, I had already known that these movies were in, like, the zeitgeist of cinema. Like, they had already been established, right? Like, we are, like well into at least 20 years Mm -hmm. by the time that i had watched these movies and you know i'm just trying to picture like i try to put myself in the mindset of like how exciting this must have been when it just came out
1: oh i can only like i imagine seeing this in an old-timey drive-in theater
0: What's a drive-in theater time? No, I'm kidding, because those are actually big again. <laughs> oh, they're Those are big actually now. incredibly useful right now.
1: One of the only silver linings of this current situation.
0: Yeah, it's like old technology has sort of come back in a way because we need it, like writing letters and sending care packages to people because we want to connect or going to a drive-in theater. You've been going to a few drive-in theaters mm-hmm. lately. It's one of
1: my favorite things to do. Like, it's one of the only things to do right now.
0: Right, <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, I just imagine that, like, like we're so used to it existing because we've known it's existed our entire lives. I think my first introduction to it was the Evil Dead musical, and I knew it was this thing that you were excited to see. Oh, yeah. So I can't imagine how thrilling it must have been for the Evil Dead to come out and see it as this new thing.
1: Well, I mean, like, big horror, not even horror, but filmmakers, big, reputable filmmakers at the time saw this movie as, like, a huge groundbreaking piece of inspiration. I think even Stephen Stephen King cites this as one of his favorite movies.
0: Oh really? Yeah,
1: he loves The Evil Dead.
0: That's so funny from Stephen King.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of like even think about like Peter Jackson. Yeah. Before he became Lord of the Rings, he did I think in America it's called Dead Alive. I mm-hmm. forgot what it's called over there, but like that's a another horror comedy. Which I think to this day is still known as for having the most amount of gore and blood on screen at one given time. Mm -hmm. So like this movie like does staple itself in cinema. To fast forward to Canada in 2001. We have a young stage theater major named Christopher Bond who rented a movie from Blockbuster on VHS called The Evil Dead. And he just fell in love with the story. And what's interesting is it is like a B horror movie, but the mm. way he saw it through the th- I guess through the storytelling lens was like, this is an epic tale of a man versus nature.
0: Yeah, it basically is. Uh, I mean, the whole thing is that like Ash is going insane. Yeah, and rightfully so.
1: And the evil dead is nature coming after him, quite literally in the form of trees.
0: Mm -hmm. in
1: the form of deer in the Mm -hmm. form of noises in the form of anything his own hand
0: i freaking love the the, um the moose head in the musical
1: oh it's a great
0: they make him sound like bullwinkle yeah it's a um it's a possessed demonic bullwinkle head and i just like could not stop laughing
1: it's incredible
0: it's so amazing
1: so Christopher Bond, being a theater major, I think from Queen's University in, in Canada, decided after graduation to put on his own show. Um, mm-hmm. In doing so, he became friends with comedy writer George Rannenblatt. If I said his name right, I'm so sorry. But they okay. be, they became friends and their idea was to take a known property and to make it into a musical, like a cult comedy and make it into a musical because Bond had worked previously on a stage production of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole nother story. But what he became fascinated with was the fact that so many people coming to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show were not typical theater people. They were not people who went to see musicals. They were fans. And that cult like fan mentality fascinated him and said, Mm
0: -hmm. why don't we
1: capture that energy and make our own version of this? Hmm. and so the two of them would sit around and kind of brainstorm ideas and one of the first ideas they had before landing on evil dead was doing a pulp fiction musical
0: interesting i wonder what that would have looked like
1: i it, the seeds are there but i right. don't know if I, like like the only reason why evil dead works is because of its cult following but by the 2000s it was not a property like it is now like now it's more of a viable property in the 2000s it was like you know they weren't planning on making any more movies
0: i think also you know the fan base makes a huge difference too not that you can't have evil dead fans who um, haven't seen Pulp Fiction, like, there are definitely Evil Dead fans who have seen Pulp Fiction and maybe even like Pulp Fiction. I just see, like, when I think of a critical response from fans coming out of, like, either Broadway, other, either musicals, it would be, people who came out of Pulp Fiction would be very critical of it. People coming out of Evil Dead would be so hyped about it and be so excited that this happened.
1: Oh, yeah, well, because even, like, when Bruce, when they- surprisingly they got in touch with bruce campbell and bruce campbell passed the word on to sam Raimi, and both of them signed off with like their truest blessings right exactly yeah because at this point sam Raimi's doing spider-man like he's a big you know hollywood director but Mm -hmm. he has the humbleness and love for storytelling to just be like yeah go for it make a musical and it's also in canada so that makes it a little easier to get the rights to it right so this this all starts with, you know, Christopher Bond and George Ryanblatt. And now they team up with two other alumni, Frank Coppola and Melissa Morris, to be the composers for the show. They're able to seal the deal for a seven-show agreement for both Evil Dead 1 and 2. And the show would be performed at the Transit Club in Toronto, Canada.
0: Meanwhile, in Canada.
1: (laughs) Meanwhile, in Canada. So, we've got the foundation. A group of kids all just looking to make their own stage performance. Putting together this concept based on Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2. And the opening night was set for August 14th, 2003. Courtney, it might not come to you right away, but do you know why August 14th, 2003 is significant?
0: No, why?
1: That was the major blackout in the northeast
0: oh i did remember reading about this and i remember that blackout i had a great time people were not as excited about it as i was it
1: was a, it, it was i remember because i i was out east with my family we went to bullwinkles do you did you ever go to bullwinkles
0: no did it have any possessed moose Neeson.
1: it had there? animatronic bullwinkle mooses
0: oh boy that's pretty close that's one step away from it.
1: Bullwinkle's was like a theme park. It was like I think like literally 20 minutes. It was 20 minutes west of like uh Splish Splash Flash in Riverdale.
0: We could do a whole episode on the um the blackout cuz this was a big deal for yeah. a lot of people.
1: Wait, did I say Riverdale? No, River Riverhead. You did say Riverdale. You Riverhead. <laughs> yes, there is a Riverdale, but it's not right. it's in like Westchester. Yeah. But so I was coming home from Bullwinkles, which was a theme park with like go-karts, a roller coaster, an arcade, all dedicated to the license of Rocky and Bullwinkle.
0: What a weird franchise.
1: I wonder if it's still open. I mean probably not now, but I
0: don't think so. Yeah, because like Joe and I we love going out to Riverhead. Like that's our little like me and him vacation spot and I've never seen it. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean it's fun for childhood memories but i i can yeah. assume it's probably not open especially right now
0: it's probably weird now so like the bullwinkle animatronics are like half working half rust
1: yeah i remember i was we were on the way back mm-hmm. and my mom got a call and we were just like we had to we found out like there was a major blackout
0: mm-hmm. and
1: like how it lasted what two days i think
0: Um, maybe it did for you. I was in Rochester when it happened. Really? Yeah. So we had just been in Toys R Us. We just got, um, Dot Hack Infection. Okay. And, which, uh, Dot Hack is, like, as much as I love Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy, Dot Hack is actually, like, my favorite RPG series and is also one of the hardest to get your hands on. Yeah. Yeah um so we just got dot hack infection my sister puts it into the playstation 2 and then light shut down no yeah and i was just like well thank god we weren't in toys r us when that happened
1: oh jesus Um, that's scary
0: right so my first response was just like all right i'm gonna take a nap (laughs) and then i wake up a few hours later or like an hour or whatever it is and my mom and my grandmother are both like pacing my grandparents apartment And I just, like, I was having a good time. I was like, I took a nap. I'm just going to play solitaire till the lights turn back on. And we ended up getting our our, um, power back not as late as two days. But I do remember my mom saying that it was, like, worse down here in the southern part of the state than when we were up there.
1: Yeah, that is what a crazy time. And I imagine this was the opening night. Literally, the... they were screwing in the last light for the stage performance when all the power goes out
0: right you're trying to put on a new show with like completely new people and you're using this license and then all of the power just goes out yeah so what happened after that tom
1: so they decided to take this risky decision and i will say that this decision was kind of it falls in line with the whole like just do it bare bones, like do it whatever it takes. Attitude that even goes back to the making of the movie. They've, I was
0: gonna say, I, I feel like it's very appropriate with the franchise.
1: Yeah, they decided to do it, this do the performance outside against the bar with car lights as like the main key lights. Uh, music would be performed acoustically, and they had stage hands on the sides of the stage with squirt guns filled with blood to replicate the action on scene.
0: I love that so much. And there's something about that that is very Rocky Horror-esque too, to have the props and just let it be as low budget as possible.
1: Oh yeah, and this helped garner a lot more attention because now people with nothing to do, with no power, passing by, seeing this little stage performance outside.
0: Can you imagine you're driving in the darkness and you're like, when is the power going to go back on? Is this a terrorist attack? It's kind of a weird terrorist attack if it is. Like, all these thoughts are going through your head, and then you're like, is that, is that person squirting fake blood out of that squirt gun?
1: Yeah. And this helped it, like, solidify its popularity. Now, all of a sudden, the shows in this small little bar were being sold out. They were able to extend the, the show agreement to perform for a few more shows.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it just, it really became this cult phenomenon in the city that even garnered enough word of mouth as uh, Ryan Blatt would do an internship for Just for Laughs. Oh, great. Which then got them a slot to perform at the Just for Laughs festival.
0: That's awesome.
1: Where now comedians were getting involved in seeing the show, like, what is it, Drew Carey, I think, was there for one of the showings? Sure. Sure. And it just started to really get this good word of mouth so that eventually they would have reached this agreement and in 2006 would do an off-Broadway run at the New World stage.
0: And that's where you saw it, right? That's
1: when I saw it was that 2006-2007 run.
0: Yeah. I remember everyone getting excited for it. I remember like you and our friends being excited for it, but because... I knew nothing about it. Like, I had known at that point that this was, like, a running comedy horror, but that was it. Like, I had no idea why it was special or anything like that. And now that I have gotten into it a little bit, I see why that must have been so much fun.
1: It was, um, like, I remember, because I was not a theater person either. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that still holds. Like, I don't go to shows, but I, I mean, obviously can't now, but. The last thing I saw on Broadway was Wicked. Oh yeah, which was fun.
0: Wicked is fun. Yeah. Wicked's a good one.
1: Um, and I've seen a few performances, so I could be a stage person. I just haven't gotten really into it. But me being in high school with my friends Emal and Kevin, and we yes. brought my dad brought us.
0: Yes, that's sounds And we about went right.
1: to see the Evil Dead musical and i had no idea like what off broadway meant i just to me it was like whoa i'm seeing a musical for the evil dead
0: off broadway is a lot of fun because they get to take a few more risks yeah than traditional broadway and also um it's usually a smaller crew and if it does really well they get to take home a lot more of that money than if it was a huge broadway production yeah, i can
1: imagine and i remember yeah. seeing like promotions for it and watching videos for it bruce campbell was there sam Raimi was there this garnered like a lot of attention and it it started off really well and like it the reviews were great too and i Mm. remember the the cast album actually debuted number four on billboard show charts oh really yeah and like when i went we just had the best time because i love the franchise and to see it on stage with the reference jokes the amazing like stage production because this is also when they started in 2003 they were doing bare bones like using the sign of a barn and just whatever they could do and that's the version i think you and i both watched was the original 2003 performance
0: yeah and i actually really loved the way that they handled that like sometimes i do enjoy those sort of bare bones minimum budget Performances more than having more budget because then there's such an authenticity that comes with that performance. Yeah, yeah,
1: and the because I it was weird because I haven't seen it obviously since it came out, but there were certain things that were a little different, which was nice to note. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest difference really was the ending. Okay, because in the 2003 version, they kind of ended it on how Evil Dead Two ends, where Evil Two ends, he goes to the time portal, ends up in the Middle Ages, and they hail him as a As their hero.
0: Right. They kind of start where Army of Darkness is going to begin.
1: And they did that as just kind of like, I guess, endings in general are always hard. So for them, they're like, yeah.
0: Endings and beginnings. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So for them, it was just kind of like, yeah, that's fine. We'll leave it there. But when it gets to New York, they redo the entire ending. And now they borrow the ending from Army of Darkness, where it ends in S-Mart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ash is retelling the stories of his fights in the Middle Ages to whoever will listen. Then a deadite comes into S. Smart, and Ash does his badassery and just slays them away. And I think they changed the song. I forgot the song in this oh, version.
0: Oh, okay. I guess I associated with like going into the Middle Ages as like Army of Darkness, but you're right. That is how the movie actually starts.
1: Yeah, they. If I can look up the song in this version okay so the version i saw the last song which i i remember this song is really funny it's called blew that bitch away
0: yes yeah that seems to be the one that's uh different they add a couple at the end but um blew that bitch away is the one that sticks out the most
1: whereas i think the 2003 version the one that we saw on youtube the ending song is hail to the king right so, blew that bitch. I think, wasn't it taking from another... Not I don't know how musicals go, but don't they, like, share influences and borrow melodies from other musicals?
0: It depends. So, um, there are a couple of different types of musicals. Mm-hmm. There's one where they have a completely original score, and then there's one that is referred to as a jukebox musical. Okay. And that's more of, like, Moulin Rouge, for example. Moulin Rouge... Famously, you know, makes medallies of all these popular songs. And I think even a couple of songs from different musicals. Okay. Um, you can definitely hear some influences in this musical. Like for me, the biggest, um, the biggest comparison music-wise that I got was Grease. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it was playing on the teen college love kind of like romp. Mhm. And instead it's like we're all going to die and we're all going to a cabin.
1: <laughs> cabin so, in the woods.
0: Cabin in the woods. Yeah. So um that that's the influence that I heard the most, but I wasn't sure um if blew that bitch away because I haven't heard it. Okay. So I'm not sure what its influences are.
1: Maybe at the end we can actually listen to it in real time and give our thoughts on it cuz it's been I like what? 2020, twenty, thirteen years since I've seen it. Yeah. 13 years. That's a crazy statement.
0: <laughs> so, um I mean, like so I grew up going to musicals and you know, I sort of just always heard them because my dad was a huge fan of theater. Um my dad was always into acting and singing and at the time I don't think I embraced it as much as him, but also <laughs> he would do this weird thing where when we go up to Rochester on a seven-hour, eight-hour road trip, he'd be playing the Sweeney Todd soundtrack. So there'd be times where you hear this loud furnace noise, and because I'm very sensitive to loud noise, I'd be like, oh my god, Dad, what is that? And he'd be like, well, Courtney, this is a story about somebody who kills people and turns them into pies for the bakery downstairs. And I'd be like, why do you like this stuff? Um, but then also I really loved Cosette's song from Les Mis, but then that was it. So it was like, I I enjoyed musicals, but I was never like a theater nerd because, you know, theater kids really get into theater. Yes, they do. Yes. And I, I never could make that level of a commitment. I attended drama for a few sessions and I was like, nah, ain't about this.
1: Yeah. Did you do drama or like no. do it for a little bit?
0: I would try to get into drama, and I tried to get into marching band because my sister was so into it that I was like, okay, like, she's having fun, so I'll have fun, too. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all.
1: Not to say that they're a cult,
0: but drama kids are kind of a cult. They kind of are a cult, especially from the high school that we went to. Like, you just... You have those drama romances, like the stage romance where like mm-hmm. you're dating the entire duration of the musical and then you break up at the after party, like kind of what is presented in Lady Bird really happens.
1: Oh my God. No, I remember uh, not mentioning names, but I yeah. remember very specifically a a a big affair that happened uh, where a known couple who made it through this stupid drama and even- oh
0: i know mm-hmm. exactly who you're talking about you know about. who i'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah they
1: dated and she made him out to be the greatest thing on the planet and i think he made himself to be the greatest thing on the fucking planet
0: yeah
1: he was having an affair with another girl in the drama club who was my friend yeah who i was kind of like that's not right you gotta set the record straight uh and then i learned the hard way that you, as much as it is the right thing to be honest Sometimes people are not receptive to honesty very well, and uh the person in that relationship took the honesty very poorly,
0: yeah, yeah, you just have to figure it out on your own,
1: yeah, unfortunately, I mean, everyone's in a better place. I can say right. that without naming names, they're all much better, happier people now,
0: but the thing is is like I think that's what I didn't like about drama was that like the kids who could sing. It's like they really wanted you to know that you, that they could sing, and that yeah. just annoyed the shit out of me. So I was like, "No, I'm not doing this."
1: And I can say this even goes into college. um Talents—they are talented singers, but that right. doesn't inherently also make you a great actor,
0: right? Exactly.
1: Also, stage acting is very different from cinema acting. So, yeah, just because you've acted on a stage does not mean you're also then good on camera. Because that was one of the most difficult things working with like college projects where you have no money no experience and you're working with people hoping that they're gonna pull their weight and you have this kid stealing the show and it's mm-hmm. like listen you're you're playing the dad
0: right exactly <laughs> you're also, playing the dad
1: pull it a, back
0: there's a time in place for the dramaturg to come out mm-hmm. and it always comes out in the wrong place
1: oh it always does
0: it always does so but then you know i've become an adult with a job who can afford to go to these shows and then it just became a thing that I liked to do on my own or I would do with my family just for fun and then once my dad passed it felt like you know what I have to embrace this because this was something that my dad loved and like that's okay like it's one of those things where like it's so nerdy to you that your parents like this thing when you're a kid and they do embarrassing things but then you realize like as you get older like that's the thing that you love about them Mm -hmm. so you might as well embrace it um so that's how i feel about musicals now and now that's beautiful yeah and now that broadway is down for some more time i really miss it
1: i can understand i hope and i do believe that The world is changing and creative minds will push these venues into new directions like drive-ins are just one way that cinema is getting back you know i mean the big chains are suffering and might not open i don't want to say but
0: they might not right
1: regardless uh gatherings creative freedoms and expression will prevail it's just we don't know how and we don't know when
0: i do think that there are some people in the broadway world who are getting ready and planning for some innovative ways to still put on a show even when Broadway will be closed in 2021 so I'm excited to see what they do um Alyssa and I saw Moulin Rouge literally a few weeks before Broadway was shut down and I'm I'm so grateful that we went to go see that because like that was such a big production and such a wonderful show to see before everything closed oh wow But um, that being said, um, this is my favorite episode that we've done during the whole October season. Because it's a musical. Yay! This is my ideal level of bloodshed. It's like, it's corny. And I actually think that some of their technical effects were really, really great. I love sneaky, tricky like maneuvers with like trap doors and like okay put her head through the kitchen counter and now she's just like a head that's sitting on the kitchen countertop like i loved all of it
1: oh yeah very innovative and i mean yeah to get back to when they did the new york performance uh mm-hmm. i want to talk about him real quick because i think for this era because i haven't seen obviously unfortunately i couldn't find much on the more recent runs right. i did watch a little bit of the korean run which is amazing that there's a Korean Evil Dead musical.
0: I'm telling you, there is an appreciation for horror musicals that the West is just missing out on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the original actor who portrayed Ash was Ryan Ward. And mm-hmm. a like you said at the top, a scrawny, nerdy sort of looking guy, very shy, quiet. But when he pre- performs Ash, he, all of a sudden this charisma, this energy comes out about him. And part of the deal when they d- assigned on to do Off-Broadway was the production house wanted to recast Ash. They're like, we he has such a pivotal role. We figure a New York actor could fill those shoes and do a better job. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, why did I forget their names already? Wow, I'm literally looking at it right here. Oh, Christopher Bond and the writer. A lot of the you know, the guys back in Toronto were like, no, Ryan is our guy. He is Mm -hmm. the only guy who can do it. They, the production cast in New York did do auditions and they eventually just settled on Ryan. They're like, no, no one else has really captured Bruce Campbell like Ryan Ward has.
0: Well, the thing is too, when I watched it at first, I was like, this guy isn't very convincing to me that he's Bruce Campbell or that he's supposed to play Ash. But the thing is, as this as the musical continues and i think once we get to the pivotal point where his hand is turning against him i was just like this guy has it locked oh, yeah. in i thought that was so funny and then as it continues and he becomes more ash-like like he becomes this figure that we all know and love i was like hell yeah this guy all the way
1: well i saw it early on with his eyebrows
0: yes like, I, those eyebrows yeah,
1: Those eyebrows, like when he's talking to his girl cheryl those he's moving those eyebrows and I'm like oh it's coming we're gonna get the ash that we know and love yeah with that very my... famous triumphant scene of the hand chainsaw
0: yeah it was so good um my favorite line in one of the songs was I'm sexy I'm cute and so evil to boot <laughs> I thought that was so good
1: just to kind of give another I'm gonna give a quick wrap on the history of the musical yeah because I would love to just get your insight on the music itself. Yes. So, unfortunately, believe it or not, despite the critical reception, the murder of mouth, and, you know, decent ticket sales, the New York run in 2006 would actually close its doors in February 2007.
0: Mm-hmm. That's not and a long run.
1: It's not a long run, but it kind of worked in its favor, some would argue, because... They would go back, they would regroup, go back to Toronto, perform in Canada and do fairly well, like really well, and then put on national run tours. Like I remember in 2014 when my cousin Steve lived in Philadelphia, that's Mm -hmm. when they were doing a nation tour. And Steve was like, oh, I'm going to go see the Evil Dead musical in Philly. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is my cousin's not a horror guy. Or a musical guy, but somehow had the best time watching the Evil Dead musical. And uh this the other countries, like we said before, this show would grow internationally where there's an Evil Dead Madrid
0: and there's amazing.
1: Evil Dead in Korea, which that did uh surprisingly well. I'm
0: telling you, we just don't appreciate horror musicals the same way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the and the I mean the Toronto revival followed the off Broadway hit and it's it still goes I mean obviously I don't know about now because COVID, but safe to say that the Evil Dead musical is still a solid foundation in cult theater going experiences.
0: That's what I I think that's so perfect for Evil Dead though that even its musical status is something underground and something cult like. Yeah. Like it still has the same status that the movie does.
1: Oh absolutely. It's
0: beautiful.
1: Yeah and I mean would we want it any other because that's the thing like imagine if it did better off-Broadway and right. it eventually made it to Broadway would it be nullified and lose a lot of its charm?
0: Well that's the thing about the authenticity of it so um that's what I was thinking about with the music. So the thing about musicals on Broadway and off-Broadway is there's always supposed to be that one song that one song that is sort of like a single for an album they want that one song that is like the show song that is the big one right yeah like um she used to be mine for Waitress which is my favorite show um you know like the Phantom of the Opera Beauty and the Beast like there's always that big song Yes. And I was like, huh, they don't really have that song in the Evil Dead musical. And then I went back and I listened to the soundtrack and I was like, you know, actually, there's not a lot of songs in the musical itself. There are a lot of like singy, songy talking. Yeah. And with like a piano in the background. And I was thinking about it. I was like, well,. They're not trying to be this thing. And I think that's what is its charm. That's what keeps it authentic. Um, I saw American Psycho when it was on Broadway. And I think it actually should have stuck to what Evil Dead Musical did, which was keep it light, keep it silly. And they actually tried way too hard to make it this very serious thing and it completely lost the tone of the movie and it lost the tone of its campiness. So I think That's that fair, yeah. what yeah, so I think what makes the evil dead musical good is that instead of trying so hard to sound like a Broadway musical they stick to their roots. They stick to what makes it fun. And they just kind of make these sort of like campy grease like songs. I think Otherwise, it wouldn't have worked. And it comes back to what you were saying about how they would go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show and see that there aren't really theater kids there. I think that Evil Dead and the Book of Mormon are like the best shows to take your cisgender male partner to a musical and say, this is Broadway. This is a musical.
1: Oh, I get it now.
0: Yeah. If you're going to take somebody to a musical who doesn't appreciate musicals and just likes horror movies, like if you have to drag your cis male partner to a musical, this one and like Book of Mormon are the best places to start. That's Yeah.
1: I, I, I remember when I saw this in high school, I actually wrote an article for the school paper about oh, it. Oh, you did? I did.
0: Do you still have it somewhere?
1: I hope I'll find it. But, like, I remember I wrote because, um, like, I, I, why did I write for the paper? I don't know. I'm I don't know. A writer.
0: I remember that teacher tried to get me to, like, draw for the paper. And also, I was just like, no, I can't commit to this. I was so bad at that in high school.
1: I'm not a writer, but, oh, you know, I don't want to necessarily say I'm not a writer. Actually, no. You're a writer. Prof- professionally, I'm not a writer. Right. I can write things, I'm very good at writing my opinion. I'm not very good at writing scripts.
0: <laughs> from what I've from what I've gathered from actual writers is like they're the only ones who don't want to be professional writers. It's because like it's
1: scary.
0: Once they have the title and the deadlines, they're like, ooh, I cannot have this done by the deadline.
1: Writing is scary.
0: <laughs> yeah. And also it just I'm comes to you when it comes to you. That's true. But yeah, That's so true. I just think that uh you know, based off of, like, what I know about, like, musicals, and I've seen, like, American Psycho, I've seen Sweeney Todd, um, what's another horror, like, musical? Beetlejuice? I feel like...
1: Hmm, okay.
0: So they're a little different. Beetlejuice, the Tim Burton movie, is much more sinister and i don't think they play on that as much but that's like that for example that's a choice they want to make him less of a villain in the musical okay so i think that they made the right approach of making this musical more for fans of evil dead versus fans of theater and the fun thing about off-broadway is that you get to make those choices you get to have fun with it yeah um when One of my favorite things that, actually two things that we saw on Off-Broadway that I really loved was um, the very successful run of Sweeney Todd, which was literally just, like, in a parish rec center. Yeah. And it was just, like, the six main cast members, a couple of violinists, a cellist, and a pianist. And that was basically it. You come in, they serve you a pie. (laughs) and then you watch the show and it's literally right there and like how brilliant is that that they just put it on in a rec center that's awesome yeah so I think there's a lot more fun with off-broadway and then also um Alyssa and I got to see Cruel Intentions the musical which was really fun
1: oh wow
0: that one was a jukebox musical it took songs from the 90s and it was a blast that's awesome yeah so that's my take on the music of Evil Dead I think that they made the right choice in the direction that they went in.
1: Yeah, because I watched a little bit of a production for the American Psycho musical, Mm -hmm. and there's, like, this grand, like... It's too much. ...multi-dancer, like, performance, and he's on this elevated plane, and he's reaching up to a giant chainsaw, and, like, I don't get it.
0: It doesn't work.
1: No, it doesn't make any sense. Like, there's beauty in the exaggerated excitement in the evil dead musical when do you remember the bit where he gets his chainsaw hand and it's just a simple act of putting the chainsaw on his stub hand Yes. but the crowd goes wild and the music is building up it's like this big grand epic thing but when really you're looking at it objectively it's just a man putting a chainsaw on his stumpy hand <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's so clearly a fake chainsaw.
1: <laughs> it's a fake chainsaw and a fake stumpy hand.
0: <laughs> and also. Like, but it's like
1: that exaggerated reaction is the funny humor. Like if you actually build up this ridiculous plot with all the production and seriousness, it's not fun anymore.
0: Exactly. And that's what they did with. They wrote a song about the business cards. And it what? just was. Yeah, it was too serious. But also it like thought that being so serious about the business card would make it funny and i was like no it should be what would make it really funny is if it was like literally the big song like if it was an existential breakdown about his life over the card that Mm -hmm. would be great but they focused more on the literal business card
1: for the song and it just
0: it didn't work and we were just really confused when we left
1: i feel like i'd be very confused
0: yeah, we really weren't sure when. When Joe and I saw it, he was like, "I didn't like that," and I was like, "What? N- no!" And I kept trying to defend it, and then I couldn't find any reason to defend it.
1: Yeah, it just seems very out there. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it didn't work.
1: Remember that bit when Annie arrives at the at the non-existent airport? Yeah, he's bossing around her boyfriend.
0: Do you remember the bit when? Cheryl is out in the woods, and their version of her being attacked by the trees is just people dressed as trees giving her a group hug.
1: That was amazing. I that,
0: loved that so much.
1: It's an amazing way to also avoid having to do what happened
0: in the movie. Yes. um, I mentioned it to you earlier today that I started looking at the synopsis of the 2013 Evil Dead. I realized that they chose to do something different than the original part still gets the point across like it still feels very um Um, like something is being forced on her
1: yeah the 2013 evil dead if we could sidetrack and talk about that it's a controversial one
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um it's split like some people love it and some people don't care for it i fall in the middle because it's an inc- it's an intense and crazy ride, and everything on screen is practical, and it is a sight to see, and it is difficult to watch at times. Like it the- was,
0: just reading those two paragraphs, I was like, "Ooh, I don't like this."
1: There's once like one bit where the girl's possessed, and to show how much being a demon is this powerful thing, decides to split her tongue with a razor. Yeah. And that's all practically being shot. And I'm like, oh, that was hard to watch. Yeah. But where I fall short on it is um, when trying to capture the cult B-movie horror aspects of the original, they lost sight of the thing that made these movies awesome, which is a charismatic lead.
0: Oh. Like, the
1: actress is great. Like, I love the actress. I forgot her name, but she has gone on to do other movies with the same filmmaker. Uh, I think she was also in um which was uh don't speak not oh
0: don't jane speak. levy yeah i love jane levy Zoe's always extraordinary playlist is a great show a great musical show by the way
1: yeah wait it's not don't speak what is
0: it i know which one you're talking about it was supposed to be really good
1: it was great i loved
0: it she's a pretty good example of like meeting us both halfway where like she is somebody who loves being in horror movies she loves the horror fan base but also girl loves to sing musicals so i yep. appreciate that
1: why am i drawing a blank i'm the worst don't breathe
0: don't breathe yeah
1: she, she followed on into don't breathe which i really dug that movie it's very suspenseful very dark very fun but the yeah but like aside from that because there's like a twist in the evil dead third 2013 version okay. i like How in the 2013 version, the evil in the woods does kind of manifest into this feminine form. It is this really creepy, powerful image. Mm -hmm. But there's still no like what made the franchise great and why like shows like Ash versus the Evil Dead. So awesome.
0: So underappreciated.
1: Was having this charismatic every man's man dude have this responsibility thrown on him and him just going, oh, fine, I guess I'll do it.
0: Also, what's so great about Ash is he's not like an action hero at the beginning of all of these movies, right? Like, no. It's not like if Tom Cruise played the role of Ash, we would be like, oh, well, he's an action hero. He would have a job before this that would make him an action hero. The yeah. guy's just working at a Walmart-type store. It's literally called S-Mart
1: shop smart shop s smart
0: he is an everyday man who just becomes the greatest hero ever
1: groovy (laughs) i also love all like do you remember that bit where in the musical he says good bad i'm the guy guy with with the the gun gun. yeah it's Uh, so good so many great moments i think that's even from the third movie no it's from the second movie But there are lines in this musical that are from the third movie.
0: I just feel like, you know, I've been watching a lot of horror movies the past month and I just, this was the thing that made me feel the most at home. I was just like, yes, this is my level of enjoyment. It is like ridiculously silly. The trees are hugging her and (laughs) like the toy moose is talking and then there's just like fake blood everywhere i was like this is what i want everybody's singing i just want things to end as a bollywood musical always like this this was perfect for me
1: i'm really glad i'm pulling up right now the song that concludes the musical blew that bitch away do it i'm gonna pull the lyrics and i'll send you the video so that Maybe, hopefully there's a performance, so we can kind of see that performance. Okay. But if not, then I'll have... Okay, so I do have a performance of Blew That Bitch Away, but it's a high school production. Oh my god, (laughs) that's even more amazing. (laughs) yeah because i think yeah you can you can technically make this a high school production
0: that's fantastic can you imagine you're like putting the school talent show together and you're like okay kids what's your song gonna be um kelly clarkson um sean mendez okay we want to do the song blew that bitch away from the evil dead musical yes kids rule all
1: right so i sent it to you let me know when you're ready we'll watch it at the same time and so
0: Oh my god, this is amazing.
1: <laughs> oh my god,
0: high schoolers playing <laughs> evil dead
1: characters. No, I I love the recap of the third movie in a sentence.
0: This is amazing. <laughs> Basically. Thank you to the high school students in New Jersey who put this together.
1: Yeah. oh Yeah.
0: oh what's gonna Yeah. Oh my god, she took the
1: baby! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look
1: how seriously the audience has to take it. All
0: those fucking parents that are like, why do I have to watch this?
1: <laughs> he caught the baby!
0: Oh my god, this is so good. Oh my
1: god. Ha ha, so far.
0: school students because something tells me that they're college students
1: I just assume they could be college kids I don't know who did this I don't this know that one guy's
0: bald <laughs> <He's>... <laughs>
1: <laughs> this from 2011
0: what was that? it's from 2011
1: okay. in Abaddon, New Jersey hell yeah that bitch away
0: Oh my god. I just, I don't know. If you ever want to make something more palatable for me, just, like, add some corny songs and just, you know, maybe some really fake blood, and that's fine. Like, I just loved how low budget the setup was for it. I mean, even with, um, with, like, Hadestown, once it moved from off-Broadway to Broadway and it had a bigger budget, I just didn't care for it as much.
1: Oh, uh, I got you. Yeah. yeah. That is that I gotta say that's a great song.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. I'm glad that they added that to the musical. I like it's that a little bit the, better than yeah. The
1: it's, hail it's to better than it's better than hail to the king.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Blew that bitch away. <laughs> Blew
0: that bitch away.
1: <laughs> now for the Google Doc, do mm-hmm. we add "blow that bitch away" or what the fuck was that?
0: Well, you said that the songs got popular, right?
1: I think blew that bitch away and what the fuck was that are both equally like well those the the album that they made for the show went number four on show billboard let's let's go to spotify and see which one has more listens
0: okay you're probably not going to like my my theory on this sure i don't think we should include it in the emerging trends can i tell you Mm. why go ahead because it is a musical that's fair on the show tunes billboards not alt rock music from the 2000s okay i mean it, it's up to you we can also make a separate list but i don't really consider that in like alternative rock music
1: no that's fine i feel I like know, show I,
0: tunes are very different
1: i will agree i agree to your conclusion
0: okay yeah, that's fine. My bad. <laughs> no,
1: don't be your bad. It's all good. But that was our talk on the Evil Dead musical.
0: Yeah. Gwen, just... is there
1: anything else you wanted to say about the Evil Dead musical?
0: Go watch it. What are, it are you was doing? It's a lot of fun. Don't listen to us. Go watch the video on YouTube.
1: I wish there was, like, a professional release. There was yeah. talk. I remember when after I saw it. Like, a a year later, as one did in the aughts, would visit their favorite horror sites or just, like, random forums, Mm -hmm. and there was talk of the Sam Raimi looking to make the musical adaptation to a movie. It should be. That would be fantastic.
0: It just makes sense to me in the larger umbrella of the franchise. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Can you imagine a musical, but with Bruce Campbell?
0: Can he sing?
1: I don't know, but I'm sure he's a man of many talents.
0: I think he would be a lot more like Pierce Brosnan trying to sing in Mamma Mia. Like, <laughs> he would push himself through it, and we'd all appreciate it, but we'd also be like, oh boy, S.O.S. is rough.
1: Oh boy. So, who knows? But, yeah, I this play, this, thank you for picking this. This does hold a special place in my memories, and it is such a part like, it's so interesting because we're talking about it for the 2000s, and mm-hmm. this musical was developed in the 2000s, and it encompasses everything about the 2000s. The dying end of the VHS at the video store, mm-hmm. uh stage performance, the blackout the of blackout. 2003, the blackout, wow, you know? And then my high school experience writing for the school paper <laughs> about the Evil Dead musical, which I hold a gripe because the way I ended that paper or that review was I said, this has the capability of bringing in cult status like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. hmm And the teacher made me take it out. Why? I don't know.
0: That's so silly. I don't
1: understand. May- he didn't want me referencing Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: Did you know, side note, Okay. that Tim Curry at one point had Christopher Lloyd's role in Who Framed Roger Rabbit?
1: Really? And
0: they shot a bunch of it and then they had to replace him because he was too scary.
1: That's awesome.
0: It makes a lot of sense but also like I kind of want to see that footage now.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. But that's so I've... strange that they wanted you to cut that out.
1: Yeah, just the reference. I don't know if it was weirdly enough I was writing about a musical that involves guts, demons and violence. But I don't know if I was told to remove Rocky Horror because Rocky Horror was, this was what 2007. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I'm hoping it's not a reason like, oh, the queerness behind Rocky Horror. You can't talk about it in high school. I'm hoping that's not the case.
0: I know that was my immediate reaction too. But I really hope it isn't.
1: I I have faith in the our education we came system. From to not because i mean i was the this was the same high school that had a prominent gay straight alliance where i was the vice president oh yeah and like the issues were out there like we was like i was surprised in senior year fun fact i made a really cringy video about like bringing awareness to discrimination against the gay community and like i was shocked that all the kids that like were deemed the cool kids Totally wanted to be a part of it and totally volunteered to like, talk about how you can't just discriminate and base gayness by look, you know?
0: Well, I gotta tell you, and I don't know how your experience was, but like, our high school class wasn't necessarily mean in the objective way that I would say middle school was.
1: Uh, middle school was way worse middle
0: school was awful but most of those kids moved to private school so that was their problem
1: yeah you know what's funny is that the worst kids in our middle school went to public like private catholic schools
0: yeah they like, left
1: i remember specifically a few people who were unreal like unreally mean brutal to brutal yeah. and like, I, unfortunately, was at the brunt of some of it. There was one person, no naming anybody, I'm sure she's fine now, who, like, spread an awful rumor and was very mean to me. We both had a no problem with reason. this person. Is it the same person? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, totally.
1: This girl, like, convinced and made a scene in class that she didn't want to sit next to the serial killer kid. It was fucking it's awful. And she went on to a private school, and nobody—I have not heard from her. I'm sure she's doing fine. I hope she's a better person.
0: She's doing fine, and she's absolutely gorgeous. That much I know.
1: But I got—I got. I got better.
0: It. I'm sorry. What was that?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I was joking. I was like, that doesn't make me feel that much better. I know.
0: I know. <laughs> that was the funny thing too. Is like I got—I got physically picked on by boys. Like I got. Did you
1: really? Yeah,
0: I got like physically bullied by boys.
1: I'm so sorry. How did I not know this?
0: That's okay. No, it's fine. Um, and then the girls, they weren't as mean, but it was very clear to them that I was somebody who didn't like coach bags and tight pants and wearing, um, three inches of eyeliner on my face. Mm. So it's like, it's funny how the external internal factors that are kind of synonymous with these two genders are actually the things that they picked apart uh but wow I was also like once we went to high school I was like hey these people are gone and also if I don't want to see people I can just say hi to them in the hallway and that can be it that is
1: graduating class was a fairly good class of people I would say the the worst of it either you like you said went to private school right or were like the outliers
0: right it was just stupid like i got called a witch and now like a witch like ho- fall is everyone's favorite holiday now or season
1: A fun fact there's another kid he's great now and he does really cool work in animation believe it or not but in high school he made fun of me for like liking heavy metal music oh really But he's, like, the coolest guy now and does animation.
0: Right. And, like, I don't know. I I don't think that we had... Once we got to high school, it was, like, not so bad.
1: No. it, It was really more, like it was more like innocent joking around like I'm pretty sure if I had a little more confidence I could have easily joked back and we could have been best buds
0: right exactly like like, that was the
1: worst of it in high school
0: right and like the person who called me a witch in high school I literally saw him when I was getting my hair done and his friend was like he's stupid don't even like who cares about that and I was like yeah exactly
1: do you think it here's a fair place to wrap it up? Oh, we got one more segment, So, What are we obsessing
0: about? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, hold on, hold on. First of all, we have to ask. I, I will ask you the question, but I think it's pretty clear. Yes. Tom, mm-hmm. Do you think Evil Dead the musical would be as successful now as it was then?
1: Yes, I think even more so. Like Yeah. Like, there's such a super saturation on the market on for, like, cinema and TV end. Mm-hmm. Why not bring back the Evil Dead musical? I mean, not right now because of COVID, but yeah.
0: Right. When it's possible.
1: Bring it back. Yeah. I want to watch it again. I think
0: we would kind of need it. Like, we need that sort of cathartic, silly, blood laughter.
1: Campbell, Bruce Campbell for President 2020. Oh my god, if only. <laughs> Ugh. Groovy.
0: <laughs> obsessions tom mm. what has been your obsession these past two weeks pumpkins pumpkin
1: <laughs> pumpkins so much pumpkins i have managed to keep up the pumpkin challenge i am yeah, you're at doing the time it. of at the time of this recording i've had 14 done but by the time this is out i'll probably have close to 25 i think oh boy and um, I've it keepin', keeping it steady, keeping it going. My hands are a little, you know, achy, but I'm still pulling through. I love it. It's keeping me sane.
0: Yeah. Your muscles are just getting used to it because you probably haven't had to do this much carving in quite some time.
1: Yeah. Haven't had to do actual, like, handmade art in years.
0: Yeah. But, um...
1: And then, otherwise, I picked up a young adult novel. Oh, yeah? Based on... A independent game franchise from a guy named Puppet Combo. Okay. Who is New York based, I think. You know, really cool. He makes really cool little indie horror projects.
0: Uh-huh, but it's a young and adult novel based on...
1: His video game called The Babysitter Massacre.
0: Oh, is that what they made the movie about?
1: No, there's no movie... Oh, wait, sorry. It's No, it's called... um babysitter bloodbath. Okay. But there is a movie on Netflix called uh, The Babysitter which is a lot of fun. That's a great movie. Okay. They just made a sequel for it.
0: Oh okay, with our least yet. favorite person Bella Thorne. Mhm. Yeah.
1: She plays the you know when you watch the movie, if you don't like Bella Thorne, this is the movie for you because she plays everything you hate about her. Fair. But um, yeah, no, this guy made a video game. I don't know if it was originally a skin based on Halloween, because I remember it as Halloween. It was this pixelated horror game that looked like a PlayStation 1 game. Oh, I remember you...
0: when you would make us watch this.
1: Yeah, it was so... It was creepy. It's genuinely a creepy time. I didn't
0: but... like it. I liked that goat game that you showed me.
1: Oh, Goat Simulator? Yeah. That was a great game, but... I think he reskinned the game and named it Babysitter Bloodbath. And it has this cult following. I remember Dave and I were talking about how much it's fun just watching someone play it. And I don't remember the writer's name, but a girl teamed up with him and they wrote a young adult novel uh, based on the game. So I just got that. And hopefully if I have time, I will try to read it. I picked it because it's young adult. It shouldn't take too long.
0: Honestly, I'm totally for reading young adult books as an adult. Because, like, I think that you know when you're in those formative years, like reading those kinds of books and getting into them, really shapes you as a person. So I like I love reading young adult books at this age. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm hoping to have a good time with that. Mm-hmm. And um, what is your obsession?
0: Um. Definitely printmaking. Yes. I've been doing a lot of it, um, in the past few weeks. And um, i say like, like you've been, you know, sticking to your craft in making the jack-o'-lanterns. I've been really sticking to printmaking, but also I've been expanding my printmaking community to Instagram and um, they've been nothing but lovely. They're like just a wonderful group of people. And it's so amazing that the experience I can have with a printmaking community in person can be the exact same kind of like welcoming environment um, on the online community too. So um, that's been really wonderful and it's been really inspiring to make me make more work. Um, on another level, my obsession has been Blackpink. Wait, what now? Blackpink in your area. Um, it's a K-pop band. Okay. Um, they kind of, Came onto like the pop billboards after BTS hit it big, and okay. I really didn't like the first song that BTS had like international success with. I felt like it was really bad, but also it made sense to me why it got big. Blackpink is just pure fire, they're so good. Okay. I'm so into it, and it's funny how like K pop music. Has become such a big thing because like when we were kids and we would watch anime and play jrpgs like you're already sort of invited into that style of music but yeah it's much more secular um global economy isn't really a thing then so what you hear of it is still like very niche very nerdy um now everybody loves k-pop and blackpink is amazing
1: yeah and k-pop that k-pop fandom is strong you can you know you can be found dead after making fun of k-pop
0: i know and um on another (laughs) note like what i do kind of like is they have a thing called a bias which isn't necessarily that like you are judgy of the other members it's just that for some reason you like one of them more than another so okay. it's like instead of saying like who's your favorite band member you say like what is your bias?
1: That's interesting. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, so like mine is Rosé cuz she's okay. really cute. Um I like the way she sings. But yeah, I'm really into them. I I like I cannot stop listening to them.
1: I'm glad. That's a fun that's a fun thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right.
0: So that's but it. I'll,
1: yeah, with that everybody, thank you so much for listening. It's been a great horror series i made a challenge for myself to not say the word i'm not allowed to say and i went successfully through it without saying it
0: um you you definitely said it at some point during the series
1: no not i mean this episode
0: okay no you didn't say it during this episode
1: i said it a lot in the last few yeah (laughs) so i made sure not to say it this episode but with that it was a great halloween series thank you so much guys for listening and tuning in you can listen to us on spotify podbeam itunes google all the places where podcasts are usually are so please go enjoy listen have a fun time and follow us on the instagram and remember the zero zero odds podcast tom obviously um, yeah I just rambled i'm sorry is there anything you want to close out with gordon no
0: i have a question yes is it pod bean or pod Podbeam. beam beam are you sure yeah i think it might be pod bean hold on (laughs) because I feel like you keep saying pod bean oh no in the episodes (laughs) and then I keep writing pod bean in the Instagram posts and it's really been bugging me
1: (laughs) I'm sorry no you're right it is pod bean
0: I don't mean as in like it's bugging me that you're saying it incorrectly I was it was just more bugging me that I was like am I going crazy
1: no, you're right. Okay. I'm dumb. I'm leaving this all in. I, I'm putting all my faults out there. It's Pod Bean. Sorry.
0: Okay.
1: All right, but with that, guys, thank you so much. Have an excellent Halloween and a good season.
0: Have a happy Halloween, everybody, and remember, yes. now is the perfect time to wear a mask.
1: Oh, it's yeah, it's encouraged now. Yeah. Be safe. Have a fun season and have a happy Halloween.
0: Leave it away. I used to fucking hate you and your lying ways, but now we change our mind using your eyes.